while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Barrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Monday. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm your host for this evening, Jess Machado. I'll be here tomorrow too, so mark your calendars. Besties, per usual, it's not my scheduled day to be here, and it is beautiful and sunny and gorgeous. I was not here this past Saturday. I I wasn't local, but I heard it was sunny and gorgeous. It, I bet you it's going to rain on Saturday when I roll up to the studio at 1 o'clock. Wasn't it a perfect day, though, today? Like, it was perfect. From the minute I woke up all day long, low humili- humidity, not too hot, it was just, just right. These are the best days right here. Right now in May, these are going to be the best days. I love them. Open all the windows, cleaned the house, you know, like... It was still a little too hot to turn on the oven. I wanted to bake bread, but I was like, eh, might get the house too hot. Don't need air conditioners, just some windows open, maybe a good fan when you sleep at night. I I also have to sleep with noise. There's just no way around it. If I don't have a fan on, if I don't have my AC in, then I like I literally listen to like white noise on my phone. I just I need it. I don't know. It's just me. Hi, besties. Thanks. I'm covering for the guys again tonight and tomorrow. Um I'm happy to be here. Um, I have a bunch of scheduling things that I can share with you too. I'm covering for Barry next week, um, a couple days and the week after that. So, uh, I'm very excited to be back here. I, um, it isn't even my one year anniversary yet for working at BSM. That's coming up. It's in July. I think July 9th is my one year anniversary and it's been such an awesome year. I don't know what's going on with like Fun 107. If you don't know, we share the same studio, but I walked in tonight and there's like a lot of TVs they're giving away. Is that what's happening? Or is it like a employee appreciation month? I'm not sure what's going on, but I, I saw televisions, <laughs> flat screen TVs. Um, fun fact, I had a flat screen TV in my room and then it got scooped up by one of my kids and then I got another one and then that one got scooped up by another one of my kids. I just give up. I don't, don't watch anything in there. I, I also feel like we, we, this is a political show, I guess. I don't even really know. When I'm here, there's no rules. Marcus can't contain me. I can't, I just can't do it. Um, are we going to talk at some point that Yellowstone is going to be ending? Are, there is, we're going to get to that. I've got to do the pledge, but we have to talk about how Yellowstone is ending. The only show I can say probably in the past 10 years that I have sat at my couch and watched in real time, not even playback, like Yellowstone comes on, I'm sitting in my living room. I've got a snack. I've got a drink. My husband's in his recliner and we're watching Yellowstone and it's ending. It's like we can't catch a break. I blame Joe Biden. He just sucks the life out of everything. Now we're losing Yellowstone? (laughs) Five seasons, that's it? How long did the Cosby show go on for? Like 10 years 
It's probably not that long. But remember back in the day, like all of these shows just went on and on and on. Now we only get five glorious seasons of Yellowstone. It's not enough. Do people not understand how popular the show is? Women have literally adopted the Beth persona. People dress like Beth for for Halloween. Like they wear those jackets, those fuzzy jackets and hats and boots and smoke cigarettes. And I don't know about you, but I love Kevin Costner in my life every week. And now we're losing it? Like, there's just nothing to look forward to. Trump's probably going to lose this rape case with E. Jean Carroll, this absolute crackpot. God, man, if he was going to get charged or, like, in a civil suit on rape, where are the hot broads? Why are they always washed up? E. Jean Carroll is a mess. Stormy Daniels is gross. Where are the hot chicks, Donald? If you're going to go down in the history books and my kids, grandkids are all going to have to read about these cases, could you not have picked hotter chicks? Why do we have to look at these busted broads? God, stand up if you're at home. We're going to say the pledge together because God knows Biden's going to suck that away from us too. You can't stop me. I'm super angry about a lot of things. I don't do drugs, people. I don't smoke weed. I don't even drink unless it's like a Saturday. There's nothing that can stop me from like being so agitated. Nothing. Except the pledge. Let's do that. If you're at home, please stand. If you're driving, please drive responsibly. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Sometimes when I'm in bed at night, I think of things, and I don't know if like anybody else does this. I mean, I'm like not a professional writer, although you can catch my columns over at howiecar.com. But like, I'm not like a professionally trained writer or anything, but I have this notebook on the side of my bed and I, I honestly sometimes wake up in the middle of the night with this an idea and then I write it down because my biggest problem is I forget things. I also send myself text messages to remind myself of things as well and gift ideas for my husband or my kids. I send myself a text message and then I always know I have this one space where I can go back to gift ideas year round. Um, And anyway, I have a notebook on the side of my bed and I write ideas down. And I guess one night I was just thinking about this, but I was thinking I need to have a one year anniversary special of my show. Like, I don't know. Like, why not? Like, I feel like I need to, like, have guests and people come in. But one of the things I was thinking about, and I wrote it down, I want someone, like, to come in and sing the Star Spangled Banner. I know that's a lot to ask for someone to come in in the middle of a Saturday and sing, but, like, maybe there's a really great high school student or, like, somebody that is, like, trying to catch a break in singing. I don't know. Lots of people listen to my show. So maybe somebody wants to come in for my, like, one-year anniversary special and sing the national anthem after we do the Pledge of Allegiance. Anyway, I wrote that down the other night. I'm just weird. Look at this nice family leaving the 99 after having a pleasant dinner together. How wholesome is that? I love that. (laughs) I don't know how you afford it. Um, All right. Hi, besties. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to get to some politicking and things like that. But I'm really, 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 really upset that Yellowstone is ending. I don't even really know, like, is... Is it going to come back? Like, did it end? Is Are we going to see the second 
half of the season? Like, we only got one half and now it's done. Is there going to be an ending? Like, what's going to happen? Um, and I don't know, like, what's going on. Like, I, I guess this is my issue. I'm not crazy, right? Like, this is one of the most popular shows on television, which I love, by the way, because it sends that message to, like, companies and advertisers that this is what people want. We want shows like this. I don't know what it means. I don't know what what it, whatever, like, with no focus on, like, LGBTQ, like, BLM, like, we, we don't want a focus on anything. We just want good old storylines from like the 80s like I was thinking about this too like where are the rom-coms like the romantic comedy movies too like there isn't danger just how could we have come this far in society where they don't even make like a good rom-com anymore like but this is what people are thirsty for people want really good shows that aren't about like I just don't get why people can't see what sells what people want um and, I mean, take the cue from, like, Top Gun. It was, like, the number one grossing film of, like, all time. I've got that wrong. Whatever movie buffs. buffs. Like, take your stats and get at me. But something about Top Gun, it made it, like, one of the best movies we've had in a long time. Yeah, dude, because it had nothing to do with, like, all of the, like, far-left agenda. It was pro-America, pro-male, like, pro, like, uh beating the bad guys which by the way weren't here it was like other bad guys um and it was just good stuff you know what i mean like i know people that went to go see top gun twice got me to the movie theater and that's hard to do these days because everything looks like crap i'm listen i don't know but just take it from me i don't know how many guardians of the galaxy there are right now but like there's one too many like There's too many Marvels. There's too many. I can't keep track. Everything looks the same. I don't, I don't know. I, it's too much. Top Gun was amazing. Yellowstone is amazing. Give us more of that. I'm looking online, um, at this whole thing about like uh, Yellowstone. It's Yellowstone is ending after second half of season five. Okay. So we're getting the second half. Thank God. Kevin Costner Western will air the second half of its fifth and final season in November before rolling out an unnamed sequel series in December. No, I'm not interested. But I mean, this is just such a good show. And I didn't buy into it the first season or whatever. Or maybe was it the second season? I was like, I don't know. What's the hype? I also am not very trendy, so I don't like jumping on trends just because everybody else does. But everybody had this one right. This this is a fantastic show. And it's going to be gone. And I'm really sad. Matthew McConaughey is going to be in like the spinoff of Yellowstone. I'm over that too. Did you hear this rumor that Matthew McConaughey is supposedly like Woody Harrelson's half-brother? That's like a DNA. That's like a Maury Povich like moment that I could get behind. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I saw this really amazing speech that Kevin Costner did at some like gaming hunting bird commission type thing out West. And he talked about hunting and 
I didn't know this about him. I think we only know Kevin Costner as an actor. But he, he gave the story about when he was a, a younger kid. All he wanted was like a, a rifle. Um, and his parents finally got one. And he talked about how he brought it to school for show and tell. And he got in trouble. And then he talked about like trying to get onto land where he wanted to hunt. And he couldn't. Um and I just kind of feel like learning like more about his history, like this was not this was probably like a dream job for him, right? To to be on the show. Um and it, I guess it probably helped make it more authentic. Um but I'm sad it's over. I yeah, it's sad. I don't know. There's a lot of things to be sad sad about in the world right now. And this is probably one that's, you know, yeah, we don't want to, um, I guess the jury is deliberating, um, in the Trump rape accusation case. Um, Trump did not go, um, to the trial at all. He wasn't required to be there. Some people are saying that his absence, uh, absence, um, kind of show that he did it and he didn't, you know, want to be, listen, I don't think you can you can say Trump fits the mold of anything. So if by not going traditionally that would, you know, lend to people thinking that he didn't uh, he did it or whatever he was good. You can't you can't adhere to that for Trump. He's his own um his own person. But the lawyers for E. Jean Carroll, this washed up former columnist um, who basically uh, years later, 30 years later, accused Donald Trump of raping her in a uh, fitting room at a store where she went in to try on lingerie with him. Um, her attorney uh, basically says that him not being there shows that he did it. Um, and Trump's lawyer is saying that the case was just outrageous. Um I mean, this is a six-man, three-woman jury. They're expected to begin their deliberations tomorrow. Uh, it's in New York. Uh, New York is crazy right now. I, You know, I was thinking about this the other day. If somebody called me right now and said, listen, I've got an all-expenses-paid trip for you and your husband or even you, your husband, and your kids to go to New York City. You can go toward Times Square. We're going to send you to all of these must-see moments. You can go see a play on Broadway. All-expenses-paid. We're going to put you in a, a nice hotel. I still wouldn't go. On my children, I would not go. There is so much lawlessness going on in New York City right now. You could not pay me to go there. You couldn't pay me. You couldn't pay me to go there. You couldn't pay me to go to San Francisco, California, nothing. Prior to, um, and we're going to take a break in a minute, but prior to, I was looking up um, statistics because you know I'm a statistics girl and I love stats. Uh, California, I think, had the most um, COVID deaths of any um, any state in the nation, if I've got that right. Um, they had over 100,000 people die of COVID in California. Um, just to put it in perspective, Vermont only had 910. They could be the lowest. Vermont could be the lowest. Um, yeah, California is just absolutely. California, by the way, had 11 million cases of COVID. Who had the lowest? You know, I feel like for a while I didn't want to talk about COVID because 
I don't know. I, it's trauma. I'm traumatized by COVID. But now that the World Health Organization has determined that the COVID um, pandemic is over, and I believe it officially ends here in Massachusetts on May 11th, maybe I'm feeling like it's safe to talk about it again. Maybe I didn't want to talk about it because I wasn't sure it was going to be over. What are the tricks do they have up their sleeve that they were going to subject us to? Um, and so maybe I feel like it's okay we can start talking about COVID again. Maybe it's like part of our therapy and our healing to discuss it and talk about it. Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, I'm all over the place, but that's okay. That's how the next three hours are going to go, believe it or not. So strap in, everybody. You want to call and chat with me? That's fine. You can talk about whatever you want. I don't mind. 508-996-0500. Don't text. And I don't have the app chat up because they didn't give me access to it. Rightfully so. I wouldn't either. So you're just going to have to call. Um, there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Mass GOP related. I think that that's important too. Um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about COVID. Um, what else? These show, these shootings in Texas and like this crazy guy that just walked over to a strip mall and started shooting at people. His background is very interesting and we're going to talk about that as well. Um, so let's do that. Let's take our break though, okay? All right, besties. I'll be right back after this. Oh, she's sweet but a psycho, a little bit psycho. At night she's screaming, I'm on my mind, my mind. Oh, she's hot but a psycho, so left but she's right though. At night she's screaming, I'm on my mind, my mind. She'll make you curse, South Coast tonight. Hi, besties. I am your host for the night, Jess Machado. Is anybody going to talk about how suspicious this fire at Hawthorne Country Club is? What on earth? What happened? Uh, Toll Brothers just bought Hawthorne Country Club. Uh, I think the sale was just announced last week for three milli, and uh, they're taking that space. They're going to put a bunch of houses over there. Great. Bless their hearts. And then a week after that, the place burns down to the ground. I don't know about this. I'm sure people understand it, and I don't. I mean, the, my first instinct is this is going to, like, they're going to get a lot of money for this, and then plus, like, the thing gets taken down. What, like, how's this work? Like, this might be a tale as old as time, and I just don't know about it, but, like, What's the benefit to it? Let's just say allegedly somebody within the new ownership torched this place. Um, what, is there a benefit to that for them? Somebody walk me through this because it's it's highly sus. That's all I'm going to say. I've had some really great memories at Hawthorne Country Club. Uh, my daughter's father uh, was a member there. I used to sit in the clubhouse and eat and uh, watch TV while he golfed. <laughs> I had some really nice times there. My current husband and his uh, ex-wife got married there. How many people had m- got married there? 
you know, that's the other thing too. All these wedding venues that traditionally everybody in like, you must have someone in your family that has been married at either the Venus de Milo in Swansea or Hawthorne Country Club. They're all closing or burning to the ground. And with it goes all of the memories. Where do people, where are people even getting married these days? Oh, I know nobody's getting married. Like, is that it? I don't know. It's just kind of sad. I have, um, there's a Facebook group. It's called things that aren't there anymore, like Massachusetts, uh, like edition or whatever. And they show old buildings. I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with looking at things that are no longer there. I'm, I don't know what it is about me. I'm hyper fixated on old buildings. It, listen, technology is crazy. AI is crazy, but they've been able to take videos. <laughs> I just watched one the other day of like, People getting off of a boat in New York and then like stepping on to like the street and the video is crystal clear and it's got color added to it. And I, I guess what they do is they take like a, an original video um, that had sound and they just like fix it so that it's like and I'm, I just I can't believe I'm watching how people lived you know, a hundred years ago and how different it is from today. And I don't think it's a bad thing. It's fine. It's just, you know, you look at videos from 1923 and you look at how different the world is. Our world here in the United States is. And it's just amazing how far we have come in a hundred years. And I don't know why I'm so drawn to that lifestyle i mean granted people are literally throwing like (laughs) like things out their window like trash and pee and poo and stuff so i mean i'm sure it all looks extremely like sensational and it probably wasn't and things smelled and people died far more frequently but there's something romantic about that time i don't know what is wrong with me but i just i don't know we've come really far really fast people my friend told me, you should try writing with this AI chatbot thing, and I refuse to do it. I can't even tell you how many times she has told me to do it. <clears throat> She's like, you should try it. You're a writer. You should try it. And I'm like, I I, I can't. I don't. Anyway, she did it for me with like, she asked me to give her a couple things, and I gave her something about like Jim Lyons or whatever in the Mass GOP, and sure enough, this stupid chatbot thing generated a story couple of things weren't right like they had the dates and the timelines wrong but holy moly you don't like if you're in college i don't know like do you even have to write anything anymore could you just have this chat thing do it i don't know it's it's things are just too fast can we slow it down a little can we scale it back? I don't think you can. I think it's just full throttle. That's it. Technology is, it, we're just moving forward very fast. I don't know what to say or do about that. Um, congratulations to my daughter, by the way. She graduated from UConn on Saturday. Uh, it was a long day. <laughs> it's just long. It's a lot. Lots of pictures, lots of talking to people I'm never going to see again. Lots of talking um, like... Uh, just it it was a great day and luckily we had great weather um and we had uh 
they, they break everything. You know, in my mind, I thought, oh, you go to a college graduation and everybody's all in one space and it's thousands of people. They break the, the graduations down over the course of two days and they have three or four graduations in a day. So my daughter's was the last of the day at 6 p.m. And so it was her class and then like another two other classes or whatever. And so they break it down. Each one has a different speaker. Um, it was very manageable. I think it was about a two-hour graduation. Um, I I heard there was a bet amongst my husband and my sister and her husband about how long it would take for me to cry when my daughter entered the room. And I don't know who had like three seconds, but that was about it. I was very emotional. I don't know why, who, any type of graduation, any type of like moving on to something else. The first thing I think about is like the day I had my child. It doesn't matter if it's Julia or the other kids. I always think about like the first days as a mom with that, with that kid and like what it was like and how far they've come in the life that they've lived and it's just emotional i'm an emotional wreck and to be honest with you i haven't mentally or physically recovered from saturday out at yukon i'm exhausted i'm tired i'm mentally drained it's a lot and i have to prepare for my daughter to move back home she's coming back to the house for two years to get her master's which on the surface is wonderful because i can kind of keep track of her and my like crazy like thoughts about her like you know getting her or getting kidnapped will be gone but now i'm in for the late nights coming in late um the please come pick us up we've been drinking and we can't drive nights i wonder how how this is going to go i don't know but it is graduation season. I know a lot of people are, you know, uh, dealing with the same circumstance. Um, I think it's great. And congratulations to everybody. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Do we want to do, I don't know. Let's, I'm going to give you a little update on, um, a couple things. I filled in for Howie Carr last Friday and I, actually reached out to Mass GOP chairwoman Amy Carnavali and I asked her if she would come on uh, the show. Let's just get an update and talk about what's going on with the Mass GOP. So she came into the studio and we were able to kind of like touch base on what's going on with the party. And I think that it's super important for us to kind of get our footing and figure out where we're at. We're, we're walking into an election season for president. And I think the party, you know, just had a transition, right? We, we have a new, uh, chairwoman we're we're done with um at least you know in a leadership role with jim lyons and so we've got someone who is kind of going to be carrying us through the presidential election um and i think that that it's it's very important i think first and foremost i think we don't know what's going to happen with the democratic ticket i think maybe we think that joe biden is going to to make it. I think polling numbers obviously show that. I just don't know if he's actually going to be alive by the time 24 rolls around. I personally feel he is ready to go at any moment. I don't know if anybody else thinks that way, but when I see him, I I think he is in that category of elderly people that are just if they if they didn't wake up tomorrow morning, it would not be a shock. And I I think that that's where we're at with this president. I think he's unbelievably frail. I think he's cognitively in a complete uh, disarray. And I just, I wonder, and maybe that's just the paranoia in me, but like, is he going to live? Like, 
I just don't, I can't see it. I just can't. Um, so if he doesn't live, <laughs> what, what are we looking at as far as, you know, who could, who could win the nomination? I, I would assume some people would jump in. I'm still really looking over at the Kennedy, the RFK Jr. thing. Um, but let's just say it's going to be uh, Biden. We're going to have Trump and, and Trump is going to be our nominee. And I think that Massachusetts needs to, you know, get organized and get ready for a Trump campaign in Massachusetts. And what I predict is going to happen is you're going to have this far, far, far right side of the mass GOP. And we know that that is, you know, led by Jim Lyons. And you've got some other players in there that are really going to start this offshoot campaign thing with Trump. I I know that they're already doing it. So it's not even going to be like a legit Trump campaign thing. And, and then you're going to have the party, the official Massachusetts GOP party, contrary to what people believe, we have an official one, is is going to have to establish a campaign, a campaign chairman, um, and uh, run a campaign here in Massachusetts. Now, I can tell you, having worked on the last campaign in 2020, uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough place to run a campaign for Trump. The number one reason is there's no resources. They don't they don't invest here, um, and that's the reality. They don't invest in campaigns in Massachusetts for Republicans. They think it's wasted money. They if they're spending any money here in, in New England, it's spent spent in New Hampshire, and so I, I mean you couldn't even get Trump yard signs. They just don't spend the money. But what I think is going to happen is we're going to have an official campaign for President Trump here um, within the mass GOP. Amy Conervalli spoke about it the other day. Um, you know, she's talked about ensuring that Trump can come here. She'd like him to come for a visit. By the way, keep in mind, as much as people we like to call Amy or Rhino, Amy was a huge Trump supporter when he first ran in 2016, unlike Jim Lyons, who was like a Tim Tim Cruz junkie or something like that. Um, you know, Amy was a Trumper from the, she's an escalator Trumper is what they call us. You know, people from the day, first day, we voted for him in the 2016 primary, you know, and, and straight through. Um, and I worked with her on the 2020 campaign. Um, and, you know, she was a huge Trump supporter. Every time I saw her, she had a Trump t-shirt on. She was, she was all in on it. And so, you know, let there be no doubt in anybody's mind that the mass GOP chairwoman is team Trump and always has been. And I think she has a tough job ahead of her going into the election year where I think there's going to be some, you know, which is so ridiculous. There's going to be some competition from these far right side of the party, the Jim Jones Lions party that is going to kind of thwart all of the efforts of the mass GOP. I think I have a solution to that though. We're going to talk about that to end the hour when I come back from the break. 508-996-0500. I'm Jess. I'm filling in for the boys tonight. You're listening to South Coast Tonight on the best radio station ever, 1420 WBSM. 1420 WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. Um. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com.
Welcome back. Um, just before the break, I was talking about how the Massachusetts GOP is going to be, you know, working with the Trump campaign to manage the Trump, you know, I guess the campaign here in Massachusetts. You know, every state has to have a honorary chairman. 2020, we had Sheriff Tom Hodgson. I think that's the solution to moving forward this time around. You know, um, Sheriff Hodgson could literally bring Democrats to the table. Um, and I think that he did a really great job of bringing both sides of the, the Republican Party together um, over tasks and work that needed to be done. You know, I was very naive back in 2020. I certainly did not know anything of what I know right now. Jeez, my phone. Um, I didn't know any of what I know right now, which, you know, is a good thing. It's a blessing that I, you know, I like being green. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, the sheriff was really just, you know, singularly focused on the work that needed to be done. You know, call banking, standouts, the... Um, the uh, car uh, caravan that we did to New Hampshire, um, you know, positive image of Trump, you know, around BLM standouts. And I think that uh, I'm hoping that Sheriff Hodgson would be available uh, and well, he certainly has more time now, I guess, than ever um, to be able to do this uh, leadership role for the Trump campaign here in Massachusetts again. You know, even though we have a new chair, um, there's still this subgroup of Republicans here in the state that just haven't figured it out. And just so like just the other day, I shared on my Facebook page that I was uh, filling in for Howie Carr and that I was going to have Amy Carnavali on. Right. So I. I post on my page just like I do all the time. Like, hey, I'm working at WBSM. I'm working over at Howie Carr, whatever. And I put this post up and I've got these people who are Republicans who are in just commenting, Howie's a rhino, blah, 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 blah. And you got this guy, Chris Ryan, who I um, I actually had him on the show. He called in. He was um, at an event. He called in to kind of give us... Uh, updates of CPAC and what was going on and you know he jumps on my page and he puts up this rhinocutters.com uh link now I don't want to like highlight this but I think it's also kind of important but you've got this group and they've got this whole page called rhino cutters it's a, a website um it's about empowering activists to take action in Massachusetts to encourage republicans to elect republican state committee members they're basically what i'm getting at here is while in a, not necessarily effective their campaign finance paperwork shows that they they really don't have any money or anything like that um they're they're focused on state committee they want to elect their people to the state committee and so in turn in 2025 they will elect um, a new chairman and probably bring back Jim Lyons. Uh, they've put what my point I'm getting at here is it is possible for Republicans to get organized. It is possible for them to start websites, send out emails. It is possible for them to have a ground game. It is possible for them to find candidates. It is possible for them to win elections. We have had a couple of the Rhino Cutters Project candidates fill these empty state committee seats at some of these caucuses. It is possible for them to 
do this work. The only problem is, is they do it against other Republicans. They cannot, will not, and have not ever demonstrated that they can do this to fight the progressive Democrats in this state. And that is the biggest, like, frustrating thing I have when it comes to dealing with these people. Like, so happy for you that you were able to find a candidate and encourage people to get out and show up and go vote for your caucus. Great. Can you can you do that for a uh, candidate running against, like, a, a Democrat? Like, can we can we do that? It's so frustrating to watch this, like, ridiculous waste of time, energy and resources against other Republicans. And and it is not just us. It is across the nation. We have Republicans that are split into two different groups. Um, the National Committee woman, uh, Rona McDaniel, was talking about this. It's not just exclusive to Massachusetts. We have a problem on our hands, conservatives. We have a real problem. Both sides of the Republican Party can't play in the sandbox together. And I think that, you know, being on the quote-unquote rhino side of things, uh, it's getting really frustrating watching all of these far-right, you know, um, Trumpers, Far, far right Trumpers like Jim Lyons basically sabotage our party. We have, we, we are not a two party state right now in Massachusetts. That is a fact. This is a democratic dominated, um, state. And it doesn't have to be that way because there are more unenrolled voters in this state than Democrats and Republicans combined. This is, it doesn't have to be this way. This is not, you know, a state where we have 60% of our voters enrolled as Democrats and there's no chance that they're going to vote in R. The majority of the people in this state can pick who they want to vote on either side because they're unenrolled. They're there for the taking. They just want the right candidate. They want to hear the right things. They don't want to hear somebody going up there with a Confederate flag and talking about abortion it's abortion is legal in Massachusetts. What do you want? You want to you you want to set us up for some sort of like holy war when it comes to abortion? You're going to lose elections over that. But they just continue to bite off their nose to spite their faces. They will not understand that these are not the kind of candidates that can win here. The rumor on the street is Jeff Deal went to Washington and Jeff Deal is going to run for like Senate again. Like I'm going to blow my brains out. Like if Jeff Deal runs for another office, that's it. Like what is it going to take? You cannot win, dude. Stop running. You're, and but the problem is, is that he's attractive enough to these far right Republicans where they're just going to put all their resources and energy and everything into him. He's going to win primaries and he's going to move on to the to the, the main show and he's going to fall flat on his face again. And then we're all going to be sitting over here and we're going, wow, dude, we can't get one Republican, not one. Diana DiZaglio. Be Anthony Amore, and it is a train wreck. All she does is post on her Twitter about like these inclusive events that she goes to, LGBTQ. Like she's an auditor. Go audit. Like stop. Four out of 40 of her last Twitter uh, posts or tweets were not related to being an auditor. And then we had Anthony Amore, who was far more qualified um, 
and never got the support of the mass GOP. Um, we had all this drama surrounding Anthony wanting to put his picture up on the on the, the website with our governor, who was, you know, the most popular governor in the country. Uh, hate him or love him. It doesn't matter. He wins elections. Um, and so mass GOP is just going to keep doing, you know, the this fight that they have against other Republicans, and I just can't deal with it. It's so I, – I know so many people just want to walk away from this party and just be like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't know. I'm worried about the election. I'm worried about the presidential election. I'm worried about what's going to happen here in the state. People vying for power over the presidential like campaigns and stuff. It's going to be messy. Hopefully Amy can put the sheriff in, in his leadership role and – he can get, I don't know, everybody on the same page. We'll see. I have to take a break, besties. We're coming to the end of the hour. We're going to talk about the seven horses that died at Churchill Downs in the days leading up to the Kentucky Derby. You know I love horses, uh, and the ponies dying was a very sad uh, plot twist that I didn't expect. We'll talk about that in the second hour. I'm Jess. I'm filling in for the boys. I'll be right back after this. Jim. All right, besties, welcome back. We only have a couple minutes before we have to end for the uh, hour and then do the news, and then we'll be back. Um, Okay, so I guess my question is, uh, will you be involved in the Trump campaign if he's the nominee? Are you going to uh, work for the campaign? Are you going to help? Are you going to go to a rally? Are you done with the rallies? Like there's still a lot of people that haven't like moved over to the Trump camp, um, you know, for the obvious reasons of being kind of tired of the Trump drama and all of those things. Uh, you know, we we can't do another four years of Trump. He divided the country, all of that stuff. I I'm all in on the Trump thing. That there's that's it. He's going to be our nominee. He's running again. He deserves our support. Um, you know, that they stole the election with COVID. I said it. Who cares? Um, and so I'm all in on the Trump thing. Uh, I will, you know, do whatever I can to work on the campaign and and kind of uh get get out the vote, I guess. I'm just wondering are we going to see the same kind of standouts on street corners? this time around that we saw in 2020 is 2024 going to look the same is it safe to do that this time around if we thought it wasn't safe last time around uh what's it going to look like this time i i think i still think people will come out i'm not sure it's going to be as enthusiastic as it was in 2020 uh, like on the street corners. I just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I just, I think that there are some of those like people that I just knew um, are not going to do it. So we'll have to see. 2024 is going to be a crazy year for the